Hi, this is Derek from the Pilgrimage Podcast with my co-host, Hugh. And we're going to be talking about some uh, really cool stuff today. We're going to be talking about our upcoming tours, both the gold mine, uh, the Central Cemetery tour, and Derek's, uh, I guess the best way to put it, Derek's Fat Kid slash anti-campsite cooking tour. Um, we're also going to get into our trip we just got back from this weekend for NEK's Overland Safari and how uh, amazing that was. Hugh's going to talk about the difference between wheeling in the 9,000-pound Land Rover Snatch and Brady's amazing Pinsgauer 712K. And then we'll do a finish with a walk-around tour of our Pinsgauer 710M. So, Hugh, why don't you tell us about um, last year's gold mining tour, and that way you can give, uh, give our listeners a little bit of what to expect with this upcoming gold mining tour on the 25th, which I think we still have a couple tickets for. But um, he, even if we don't, we'll be running this this history tour again. So, Hugh, tell us about it. Well, first off, on the tour, it's not just the gold mining. It also comes with a lot of amazing stories about the past. And the first one is about a guy named Bailey and his supposed treasure that washed down one of the many rivers here and is supposedly around this area. Right, that you and Harry have actually been digging around our property trying to find with metal detectors, yeah, have you basically. not? basically. Yes. So we'll get into that story in Spiteful Cemetery. Um, this is a great ride mixture with green and blues, like all like all our history tours. Um, and we'll be working our way out to Plymouth Five Corners. And we'll get into some of the amazing history of the, used to be a whole town there. And everything else, we're going to do some gold panning and uh, really just have an amazing time. What did you like last time we did it here? I got to say the the gold panning with it, it was mm -hmm. just amazing just to try and gold pan and find some gold. And then we find out why Vermont, it turned into a ghost town. Yeah, we find out uh, Vermont gold mining wasn't really a thing, unlike California. That is true. So we'll get into that. So uh, that's really cool. On July 1st, we have our second cemetery tour. This one's going to be moving to a new area. We're going to be focusing on the area here in uh, Reading, Woodstock, and that surrounding area in Plymouth. Um, going to be some amazing history with some uh, Indian stones, spiteful cemetery, an incredible uh, huge cellar hole complex, and some other stuff. So that's really one that we're looking forward to. We had an amazing time a couple weekends back when we ran that one. Um, and then after that, on the weekend of the 29th and 30th uh i have my well i guess for lack of a better name derek's fat kid slash anti-campsite cooking tour which will be a two-day event starting in um my area down here in barnard working our way up to rochester and then we're going to be heading up into the northeast kingdom and camping up there and have a have a catered meal at the campsite and then finishing off with lunch at uh, the incredible Parker Pie. If uh, if anyone has ever been up to the Northeast Kingdom, they know of Parker Pie. So that's going to be a really awesome trip. Again, greens and blues only. We'll get that listed on the site in the, this week. And that will be limited to 10 vehicles. Really looking forward to that. As, as many of you know, I, uh, I appreciate my food. And one of the great things about the Class 4 Roads, it brings me to amazing places, be it creamy stands, country stores, or just amazing little restaurants. So everything from, we're going to go to the best creamy stand, I thoroughly believe, up in Walden, to an amazing uh, lunch spot that's inside a bookstore. 
it just doesn't get more classic for Monty than that. And then my favorite general store, the Barnard Country Store. Um, so that will be a really cool trip. And it's a, a proper two-day trip. And then um, we're still putting together the aviation archaeology trip. We're just waiting for one final piece to come together. It's a really awesome site. We just want to get access to it legally. Um, people have gone up there without permission. We want to, we want to be there with full permission to be there because um, it really helps tell the story of, uh, of aviation history in Vermont. So that one is going to be up and coming. But um, now let's get into what we just did. Hugh, where were we this weekend? Well, we were up in uh, Concord. I think it was Vermont. Yep. And we were doing some of the local trips around there. And we were up there seeing Steve Wilson and NEK Overland Safari. It was awesome. We saw Labs. We saw Brady. A bunch of other people that we know. And it was just an incredible time. So, Hugh, what did you, what did you enjoy about being up there? Well, just testing the capabilities of, like, other vehicles, like the Snatch, which is, you wouldn't think is capable at all since it's 9,000 pounds in armored, but is extremely capable, as we found out with the rear locker. So, what he's describing is our, uh, one of our personal vehicles is a Land Rover 110 Snatch. Uh, it was an armored car used in Northern Ireland and Iraq, and it has a little history. It was in Iraq when I was in Iraq, so uh, it's kind of one of my forever rovers that I'll, that I'll never sell. But it recently got upgraded with the new engine, and one of the upgrades also was a rear locker, HD trailing arms, and heavy-duty rear axles. And it's really transformed the way the vehicle um, now goes off-road. So Hugh got a chance to cruise around in that, and we were keeping up with a bunch of Jeeps on 37s. And we also had um, Laz up there in his 90. And... Um, also, the incredible, and I still believe the most capable vehicle that I've ever come across in overlanding, Brady's Pinsgauer 712, um, which is just, does everything so well and also does it gently, unlike my 710, where everything is incredibly violent. So what was it like going from the snatch, where we had to use a lot of power to stop momentum, to going to the 712, where you were cruising around with Brady that second part of the afternoon? Well... One main difference was you could really tell the difference in the ride. Yep. From the Land Rover's more bumpy to, like, you had, with that middle axle, with since it's six-wheeled, it really adds it so it's way more stable. Uh-huh. And with that, it also makes it a much more smooth ride. Yep. But you can also get up to, I feel like, a bit more speed, a bit faster, but... One main difference is just uh, the pins does not care about obstacles, unlike the snatch. The pins um, will not care if you have a rock. In your the way. pins, the the snatch still went everywhere the pins did, but the pins could go farther and beyond. But also, Uncle Brady is an amazing driver, is he not? Yeah, he's an amazing driver. I know. Fair. And you were cruising around with the flare for you. Yep. And uh, what else did you see when you were up there? So. Well, a moose. The wildlife is not dumb. It will use the trails. So, yeah, we saw you saw a moose running down one of the class fours. We also saw a freedom chicken, bald eagle, hanging out by the Connecticut River. Um, so, one of the things is the Northeast Kingdom is an area that I really, I can't recommend enough. It's, it's really what Vermont truly is. Um, so, whether it be up in Concord or it be up in Walden or any of those areas up there. Um, 
they are very pro pro overland pro utv pro anything that is out there enjoying the trails whereas the farther south in vermont you go the less i won't say the less welcome it is but it, you definitely encounter less problems you definitely encounter a lot friendlier people along the trails um so my big push lately with the pilgrimage over the last two years has been to find more class four roads and map them and up in the kingdom is that shouldn't we were there's amazing class fours up there and also they want our money. They want us to spend our money up there. They want to be up there. They 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 need this, especially with snowmobile season dying. Um, they understand this is their futures, and it's it's amazing just the the difference you see um, when you're out cruising around. The level of how people look at you, and uh, not that I'm saying it can be bad down south. You know, like I don't run into great people down south or in central Vermont. It's just the kingdom everywhere you go is welcoming, and there's just some amazing spots up there from parker pie to where we're at moose where we're at like the moose look diner which was really good um the danville country store is one of my favorites up in that way um just a lot of really cool stuff up there um so if you can if you're out cruising this summer take a look at the maps spend some time up the northeast kingdom um especially if you've done a bunch of vobs's before We've all kind of done the trails in, in this area right around where the, you know, my house is now in Reading, right around where those Plymouth and all that stuff, those trails to death. Uh, there is some incredible stuff up in the kingdom, um, and a lot of it's pretty long. So can't recommend going up there enough. Uh, this was also our first weekend camping with uh, properly with Mac. Our, if some of you have seen from the pictures, he's our four-and-a-half-month-old Irish wolfhound puppy. And uh, he did really awesome for most of the trip, he was kind of a pain in the butt in the evening when uh, he was sleeping in his tent completely content while I had a wolfhound that would not settle and breathed incredibly loud in the truck. So he had to get up to go pee about five times. But once he was, once he did that, he was good. But it was a lot of fun. It was great. Um, Mac is kind of becoming our, my new overland dog, filling, I don't want to say filling the void, but helping, helping fill the the pain of when i lost ava a couple months back who was my other overlanding irish wolfhound so um i really look forward to seeing other people at the events with their dogs remember the pilgrimage is a dog and kid friendly event so it's it's uh we're just trying to get mac settled into it and he did how did he do in the snatch and we were doing some red level trails maybe even some pink sections mm. and like hugh and mac were doing awesome like what did you think hugh I thought he did amazing considering the trails we were doing and how much just off-roading we did within that little time span. He did amazing. Just with... content chilling on his Orvis dog dead in the middle. Just, it was, uh, it was really awesome. Um, you know, so that was, that was a great, great time. And, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to doing, uh, some more events and stuff up in the Northeast Kingdom. Um, Anything else you want to talk about from that weekend, buddy? I guess, like, the locations about, like, that are just amazing locations just around there. You have some amazing little, like, you might not think it, but there's some amazing just, like, diners just around there, as we found out. Yep. Some cool general stores. So, And the, the other thing I have to say about the Northeast Kingdom is it has the most impressive views that I come across in Vermont. Absolutely. It just is. Um, I... I'm always amazed at the amount of incredible 
view so i'm just out cruising uh when i'm in the northeast kingdom if you want to go for just finding the best sunset or the best views the northeast kingdom is where you're going to go um, also the bethel house that is on the map has an incredible sunset but otherwise northeast kingdom has a view plus you can see all the way out to mount washington with some of that stuff um so that was a really cool event can't uh can't recommend um that enough the nek overland uh and steve wilson's hospitality um but that's really it for that event the next thing we're going to talk about is it's a little shorter podcast but our pinsgauer 710m so the story of our 1976 pinsgauer 710m is a couple years back i needed a vehicle that could keep up with i don't want to say the insanity of of some of my friends who cruise and do some of the hardest stuff that imaginable but um what was the best way to do it without destroying my rovers because i had pretty much beaten my 1978 land rover ambulance and my 93 land rover snatch into the ground trying to keep up with uh laz and the other crew and peter and um everybody and i i really needed something that was had lockers and i didn't overly care about abusing um and then mostly set up for day trips because remember living up here i didn't always have to go camp it was mostly day trip stuff so that led me to hunt down a pinsgauer i'd had a 710k before but at the time i am i tried to use a pinsgauer 710k as a daily driver for uh, about a year and a half and um if you've ever been around a pinsgauer it has an incredibly distinctive sound what would you describe its sound like hugh it's almost like a weird like mix between like a, just a low roar almost and a loud pitch sound so you can hear it from probably a good quarter mile of away anytime. Yeah. I remember the first time I actually saw the movie Thor, it was on in the other room and I came in because I heard the Pinscour. Nothing else has that sound. Um I tried to run it as a dealer driver for that long, but um they're incredible military vehicles amazing on the trails but as soon as you get into that highway regime or like just a lot of driving every day the pinsgauer really gets out of its comfort zone um but i sold it and went to a land rover 101 which was not the correct answer we'll go down land rover 101 to another episode because my wife and i have a very love hate well i hate them she loves them so it's a and it's a rather funny story with our 101 um we'll go down that but so I sold it about 10 years ago when he was a baby. And then um, we, back in 2020, I found this 710M that was not running in, uh, out by Syracuse, New York for $8,000. Managed to get it back. And um, it was pretty good mechanical shape besides. It just really needed to tune up. So with like about $1,000 worth of parts and tires and everything, I had it running and driving. And in a, it's kind of evolved since then. Um, we had a custom winch put on, a custom winch mount put on. Putting a winch on a Pinsgauer with its particular way they do the chassis is not easy. So we had that installed. Um, one of the other things is IR headlights because like a madman, I like driving around my property wearing night vision goggles because why not? It's fun. We'll do another episode on, maybe when we talk, when we interview the, uh, the guys, uh, the instructors, will talk about night vision goggles mm. um, driving. But uh, anyways, um, 
so the Spinsgauer has evolved. It's and it's an incredibly capable vehicle. And so what makes a Pinsgauer incredibly capable is that it's on portal axles. So you have a huge amount of ground clearance without having to have massive tires. And you have front and rear lockers that you can operate on the fly. So you can engage it into four-wheel drive, rear locker, or front locker at any speeds. doesn't matter. You don't have to move. Uh, you don't have to be stopped to do it or at a slow speed. Um. It's an air-cooled engine, like pretty much similar to a VW bus. Um, and it has a incredibly maddening gearbox that is not straight up or straight down. It's a five-speed, which is nice, but you have to remember that first is down. So all the gears are not where you normally would expect them to be. And the shifting pattern is just odd. But it, when it works, it's really good. The other big things with Pinsgauers is they like to bite with the steering. So when you're... In heavy terrain, this, you always have to remember thumbs out. You're going to be driving like you're the Fonz with your thumbs off the steering wheel because that steering wheel will fly around and try to break your thumb. Or even, I was just looking at the Pinsgar forums yesterday and uh, someone was showing a burn that they had from, from the steering wheel spinning so fast along their skin. Uh, so it's, it's one of those vehicles that is incredibly capable but really deserves your respect. Um, Another fun Pinsgauer thing is they don't like to stop going backwards when on steep terrain. As, uh, as, as most Pinsgauer owners know, you have to modulate the reverse when rolling backwards with the e-brake, which is a transmission brake, which works incredibly well, whereas the rear drum, whereas the drums do not seem to work really well when the, they work-ish, but they, don't, they will not stop the vehicle when you're on a decent incline and you're rolling backwards. Um... Oh, they're also non-self-adjusting drums. So you have to do the drums like every like 2,000 miles, which is kind of maddening, but it's not the end of the world. It's just annoying. Other than that, it is an incredibly capable vehicle. Um, it can also be a, a little beast and, and bite back. It nearly knocked me unconscious. What was it, 2021? 2021. 2021, I was doing a, a pink trail down in... I don't know, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in Southern Vermont with a, with a couple of the old VOT reunion guys. And, uh, man, I hit my head against the A-pillar so hard it nearly knocked me fucking unconscious. Um, so my new rule of thumb is if I'm doing extreme off-roading, because it's done it twice. Like, that was the worst. But it's mm. it, I hit my head another time with it. But um, now I wear a bump helmet and uh, look like a special kid <laughs> when I drive around in the Pinscower um, when I'm doing extreme off-roading. Because that A-pillar... It whales shit out of you. And unlike Brady's 712, which kind of like broaches over obstacles, like it, it reminds me of a shark coming out of the water. Like it happens quickly, but it looks like it's in slow motion. Absolutely. Like, so like it's, it, they're really cool vehicles. They always have some sort of wheels off the ground when they're doing stuff. Mm -hmm. But Brady's does everything like real slow and controlled. Whereas mine is like, I don't know, like I imagine it's like a mongoose on like, that just did a line of Coke. So like, Nothing is subtle and it's all very quick and violent. And like, yes, both things do the same job equally one. well. It's just one beats the shit out of you while you do it. Um, so it's it's a fun vehicle, but it uh, it definitely needs respect. Uh, some of you saw from the pictures. I'm not going to get into who did it, but it rolled twice last year and it protected everybody with its roll bar and really didn't have. It had minor damage, but, like, could have been way worse, and everyone came out alive, which was awesome. 
I was not driving, just to be clear, and I wasn't involved in this, but um, anyways, they're a very tough little vehicle. Um, so the pin scour is, is when I need something to go like, I don't know, pre-run the crack or some other, some other stupid, crazy trail. The pin scour is what I use because at the end of the day, um, if the pin scour can't do it, it's not doable is really what it comes down to in my mind. Um, and also I don't overly care if it winds up on its side or it gets body damage or whatever because it's that's literally its job and acquisition wise like price wise a pinsgauer you can set up for so much cheaper than a fully locked out toyota jeep or whatever it's just the modern stuff is going to do everything besides the off-roading better um portal axles are incredible but they you know you do have to maintain them um, but in the woods, I don't think anything beats the Pinsgauer 710 and 712. I'm sure Pinsgauer 716, 718, which I'd love to see. Those are the Pinsgauers with the um, auto boxes, power steering, disc brakes, and liquid-cooled engines. So they drive a lot better. But um, the 710 that we have is a, is a really fun vehicle. You enjoy driving in here. Mm, yes. And... Um, it's just a, it's, it is a little workhorse that we use here at the pilgrimage. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of sums up this episode. It's a shorter one. Hugh, our guest host here will be reoccurring. Also, uh, you guys will be getting a lot, seeing a lot more in here and a lot more of Hugh. He's going to be a re- recurring guest as my son here on the pilgrimage. And he's also our official weatherman slash photographer, videographer for the pilgrimage. Cause we have pretty much no budget. But uh, I hope you've enjoyed. We look forward to the next podcast. And we apologize that there was a couple-week break between the uh, between the episodes. But we're going to be working on some new content. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody. So, as always, have a great day. And uh, with the pilgrimage motto, always a little farther. I'm Derek, and have a great day. And I'm Hugh, and have a great day. All righty.